The reading this morning is from 1 Samuel, chapter 18. That can be found in the Church Bibles on page 290, 2901. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing, his bow and his belt. This is the word of thanks be to God. Well, we are uh, now in a, a new sermon series. It's always a strange thing when you miss the very first sermon in the series that, uh, uh, that uh, I put together. But uh, I'm he- I heard uh, John preach really well last week, uh, and I look forward to hearing it online when I get a moment. Uh, but um, we are looking at uh, David in the Old Testament, uh, particularly one Samuel, and we're looking at uh, this man, David, as someone who is recorded as a man after God's own heart. Now, you may want to just sort of know where that comes from, that phrase, a man after God's own heart. John may well have uh, referred to that last week, but if you don't know, it's a little bit uh, earlier in 1 Samuel. So it's 1 Samuel 13, verse 14, uh, where we hear that. And the context of that phrase is very important. Because, uh, as I'm sure you'll know, uh, Saul, uh, the king uh, before David, basically went astray. And, and God says, you have lost your kingship. I'm going to take the kingship away from you. And, uh, and so in 1 Samuel 13, verse 14, <clears throat> it says, uh, God says, But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So God speaking through Samuel uh, announces that to Saul. And uh, Saul being disobedient, he's uh, been rejected by God. And so then Samuel tells him in no uncertain terms in chapter 15, he says, but now your kingdom will not endure, as we just heard, that the kingdom has been taken away from you. So Saul is on the way out and along comes David, a a young, fresh-faced shepherd boy from Bethlehem who, as I'm sure John would have uh, said to you in the sermon last week, is anointed with oil and is um, to be the successor to Saul as king of Israel. Now, we're going to skip over uh, chapter 17. Chapter 17 is a hugely exciting chapter. I'm sure you know it's David and Goliath. We're not going to look at that, but it's a massively uh, important chapter in the narrative <clears throat> of David and his, um, his life. And of course, uh, when David uh, slays Goliath, uh, Saul is amazed. Uh, he's obviously also jealous, and David is the toast of the town, is the champion of the army. And so here's David. He's the least of the tribe. He's the youngest, and yet he has triumphed over the Philistine giants. And so we reach chapter 18, which is the beginning of one of the most enduring and fascinating friendships recorded in the Bible. It's the friendship between Jonathan and David. 
So do have this uh, reading before you. It's uh, 1 Samuel 18, verses 1 to 4. Now put your hand up, if you don't mind. Put your hand up if you have someone in your life who you consider to be a friend. If you've got a friend in your life, put your hand up. I'm, I'm presuming everybody has got somebody like that. Friends are important, aren't they? Friends are so, so important. And so I want us to think about friendship this morning. It's, it's probably, uh, I don't know, maybe it's one of the, the least talked about aspects of our discipleship. But uh, it is so important we neglect it to our peril. We all need friends, don't we? There was that TV series called Friends uh, a few years ago on TV. And there have been times that I've moved to a new town or even a new country. Uh, and uh, I've started a new job or been in a new parish. And, and it's at those times you really miss your friends. You know, you, you miss that sort of solid support of people that you've known for a while as you've uh, moved to a new place. Uh, friends give our life meaning. Friends give our life uh, that sort of solid basis. We can share our hopes and our dreams and our fears with our friends. And in Jonathan, the future King David finds a friend that he could thank God for. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 verse 4. It's a lovely verse. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That is so true. If you take delight in the Lord, if you take delight in our God, then he will pour into you the desires of your heart. And one of the deepest desires of our heart, I believe, is the desire to have a friend or friends. Friends that we can share our life with. And David, as we just heard, he's a man after God's own heart. And so God gives him a companion, a, a true friend. Jonathan becomes his true friend. But this wasn't any old friend. This is the son of the king. This is the son of Saul. So let me just reread uh, that short passage again to us uh, from 1 Samuel 18, verses 1 to 4. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Now, the first thing I want you to notice about this passage is that Jonathan is the subject of this passage. In other words, this is Jonathan who is describing his thoughts and his actions. So his, his thoughts, his actions are being described. He is the subject of the passage. It's Jonathan who initiates this friendship. And it's David who receives the friendship that Jonathan offers him. So why is Jonathan drawn towards David? Well, maybe God drew, maybe God drew him to him. Uh, maybe as a fellow warrior, is that, you know, as he had slain the giant Goliath, 
that that made him admire David. Or maybe it was David's faith in God. Or maybe it was the fact that David stood up to Saul and told him he wouldn't wear that armor, uh, as it says in chapter 17. Perhaps he saw in David courage and strength that he himself had and desired to use, except that Saul, his father, was blocking him at every turn. Maybe he felt he could be a big brother to David. Maybe something intrinsic in David drew him to him. But whatever it is, the the initiator, the, the one who starts this friendship is Jonathan. He's the subject of these verses. The other thing I think is worth realizing is, is that Jonathan gives up so much to be a friend to David. By rights, Jonathan is the heir to the throne. He is the son of the king. And so, really, he should have been David's enemy. But he turns out to be his closest friend. And so, very significantly, Jonathan risks his own inheritance and his father's affection to be a friend of David. And so, you see, Jonathan gives himself to invest in David's future. So what kind of friend did God give David? Well, this is a a, a lovely description of the type of friend that Jonathan was to David. And it's no coincidence. Uh, And I believe that God gives us this description for a purpose. So we'll just look into it a little bit this morning. So let's see what what it is that makes this so powerful, this description. Firstly, this is a friendship that starts in Jonathan's heart. Look at verse 1 again. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. So it starts in Jonathan's heart. Secondly, Jonathan makes a commitment to David in verse 3. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And thirdly, notice that Jonathan is willing to share with David anything that he owns. In verse 4, it says, Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. So what can we learn here for us and our friendships? Why has God put this detail? It's a lovely description, isn't it, of of this friendship between these two men. Well, I think the reason is because God wants us to learn how to be a friend like Jonathan to other people. And, And we can model how we are friends to other people by keeping these three things in mind. And I believe the church, which is you and I, can model to the world these three principles because that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants the church to do that. And I believe that the the world is crying out for genuine models of authentic friendship. I really do. Uh, The world needs to see what authentic, genuine friendship looks like and is. So let's have a a little bit more detail about what that might look like. Firstly, God has changed our hearts so we can love others. As I said, Jonathan risks everything to be a friend of David. But God changes his heart. God molds his heart. He he melts his heart. On the other hand, Saul does the opposite. Saul does everything he can to stop this friendship. Because as Saul looks at Jonathan, especially a bit later on, 
in uh, 1 Samuel, he sees a son that's rejected everything that Saul has built his life upon. Jonathan is rejecting Saul's idols of power. He's rejecting Saul's idol of self-sufficiency. He's rejecting Saul's bigotry and hatred. He's rejecting Saul's demons. And so to Saul, King Saul, that is Jonathan rejecting him. Rejecting his own father. And so Saul ends up cursing Jonathan for protecting David by saying this in chapter 20. This, this is strong words. You son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Do I not know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? That's strong, isn't it? This, this is, Dave, this is uh, Saul talking to his own son. But I think Jonathan, you see, represents all those people who help us to become who we are. Those who believe in us despite all the voices or people who don't. Those who give us a second or a, a third chance when others want to toss us aside. Those who see in us the potential to become something great when the doom-mongers see failures. And we need to remember this also. Society tells us that friendships are this sort of mutual exchange. You know, if I do this for you, you will do that for me. If I help you, you will help me. But Jonathan embodies someone who is so different to that. He's not, he's not into you know, what he can get out of a friend. He's a friend who will just give and give and not take. What's Jonathan going to get out of this friendship? Nothing but heartache, struggle, disappointments, and a father whose sole purpose is to preserve his dynasty. But Jonathan's heart has been changed to be a friend of David. And God looks at you and he looks at me and he says to us, I want you to be a friend like that to other people. With a heart that has changed. Not to, to seek what to get from the other person, but to build that other person up and to encourage them. Paul says this in an early description of how the church should be. We should all please our neighbours for their good to build them up. That is what we're called to do as a church, is to build each other up with changed hearts, to bear with each other, to forgive each other, to seek the other's good. And then the world will take notice. So God changes our hearts to be friends with each other. Secondly, God has created his church so that we can be committed to each other. Verse 3 again. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Now, cutting a long story short, after this initial covenant is made, um, David gets into big trouble with King Saul. To the extent that on one occasion King Saul tries to kill him uh, because he is so angry with David in, you know, in, in what, he's, uh, what he thinks David is trying to do. But through it all, Jonathan stays loyal to David. And there's a very evocative last meeting between the two of them uh, in the desert of Ziph. If you want to look it up, it's 1 Samuel 23, verses 16 and 17. And so basically, David is hiding from Saul because 
you know, Saul wants to kill him, basically. And so Jonathan comes to find him. And uh, so it says in uh, verse 16 of chapter 23. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish and helped him to find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You shall be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. Did you hear that? Jonathan is putting aside his own throne. He is in line to the throne. He's like Prince Charles. He's in line to the throne. He's putting that aside to support David and to do what he feels the Lord is telling him to do. And so what Jonathan does is he fulfills a proverb, Proverb 17, 17, which says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And I think David told Jonathan about his anointing. Remember, years before, uh, Samuel anoints David for kingship. And I'm certain that Jonathan has seen God's hand on David. And Jonathan is totally supportive of David. So Hebrews in the New Testament tells us this, that we should consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another as you see the day approaching. So what does that mean? It means that God wants us to be committed to each other. It means that God is at work in us to make us more like Jesus to each other. He wants us to think of ways of how we can love each other, care for each other, find good deeds that we can do, encourage each other. In that sort of triangle of the map, it's, it's the in particularly that we're thinking about. It's, it's encouraging each other as a fellowship. Not just in the four walls, of course, though, but in our interactions in the week as well. So, if we love Jesus, we will take care of each other, look out for each other. That is the way that we can show God's love to the world. Lastly, God created his church so we might be there as friends to share with each other. Verse 4. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. What Jonathan is doing is publicly honouring David. He's giving him his royal cloak. He's giving him his armour. He's giving him his sword. He's giving his bow to David. And so what Jonathan is doing is he's preparing, again, preparing David for kingship. And by giving his armour to David, that's a hugely symbolic act. It's saying, I'm letting go of my defences to be your friend. And so Jonathan seals that friendship with a covenant. And we find a solid basis for friendship with, with this act between these two men, one that will grow and grow and grow. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Let us not become weary for doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, we do, I think we do this well. I think, you know, we do that. I think this church is great at that. I think we look out for opportunities to care for each other. I've noticed that particularly, that, you know, if somebody's having a hard time, if somebody's uh, not well or suffering, I think we're doing that really well. We're taking meals, we're looking out for people, doing something practical to bless them, which is great. Maybe also it's about doing that for those who don't belong to church and blessing them in that way as well and making them sit up and notice, take notice of what that looks like to love them in that way as well. What does Jesus say? My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I wonder if you've ever had a friend as close as Jonathan is to David. Proverbs 18.24 says this, Some friendships do not last, but some friends are more loyal than brothers. Jonathan loves David in a way that shows total loyalty and devotion to the extent he's, he's going to give up his crown for him. He endures the wrath of his father and the shame of his fellows, all for his friend David. So in our friendship, let's not look for reciprocity, that sort of, you know, what can I get back from the other? Look for what you can give. Be a Jonathan to someone else. I think Christians ought to become the best, of friend, best friends to others because we know that we have a great friend in Jesus. The one who loved us so much that he was willing to lay down his life for us. Jesus says, greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Let's pray together. Father, thank you.